0: All right, so boundaries related to work today, when to say yes, and how to say no. Okay, so boundaries, remember, it's not about just saying no, it's about saying yes to the right things, and saying no to the wrong things. Okay, and also also realizing that when you say no, you're saying yes to something else. Or when you say yes to something else, you're saying no to something else too. Okay. Okay. That makes uh, saying no or saying yes sometimes easier, if you look at it like that. Wrong way of looking at work. Christians often have a wrapped, warped. warped, thank you, uh, way of looking at work. We tend to think of work as secular unless we work in ministry. So basically, we say pastors, they're in ministry, and everybody else is like, oh, I just, you know, I, I'm just... I just do like secular work kind of a thing, okay? However, uh, this view of work distorts the biblical picture. All of us, not only ha- only pastors, have gifts and talents that we contribute to humanity. We have a vocation, a calling into service. Wherever we work, whatever we do, we are to do for the Lord. So it's really easy to think like, you know, it's really easy to like compartmentalize it. Like when I come to church, that's a holy thing. outside of church i can do whatever i want you know you guys hear like things like oh it's a sabbath like you're not supposed to do that no as a christian you're not supposed to do that 24 7 right but it's like it's easy to say like don't cuss on the sabbath no it's like no you shouldn't if if it's bad then you shouldn't do it any other day either you know but it's easy to like compartmentalize it so same thing we think oh yeah like People who like work directly for church—that's like, oh, that's like a spiritual thing. And what I do, at AT and or at school or T-Mobile—it's like, no, this is just earthly thing, okay? Yeah, that's- but that's that's not biblical whatsoever, because God tells us whatever we do, we serve God and we're working for God. Okay, let's keep going.
1: Work is a spiritual activity. In our work, we are made in the image of God. Who is himself a worker, a manager, a creator, a developer, a steward, and a healer? To be a Christian is to be a co-laborer with God in the community of humanity. By giving to others, we find true fulfillment.
0: Mm. So again, if you change this thought around, thinking like, "Oh, if I only do like spiritual things, then you know it's spiritual work." But if you think of your jobs, what you guys do on a daily basis as a spiritual thing, then everything that you can you do can be spiritual. 'Cause most of the things that we most of the jobs we have we're benefiting other human beings. Unless like your job is like killing people, but you know we not we don't have that. <clears throat> Alright, let's keep going.
2: The New Testament teaches that work offers more than a temporal temporal. Uh-huh, temporal
3: uh-huh.
0: Uh huh, temporal, uh huh. fulfillment
2: and rewards on earth. Work is the place to develop our character and preparation for the work that we have that we will do forever. With that in mind, let's look at how setting uh, boundaries in the workplace can help us grow spiritually.
0: Okay. So again, if you think of work as, oh, I just have to work. Like, I hate work, but I have to go into work and I have to just do work. Then you're not going to learn much out of it. But if you think of work as, Oh. Like, this is an opportunity for God to make me grow, help me to set boundaries, help me to set character, then it's another opportunity for God to use you in your work, to reach out to other people, and then for you to benefit as well. Does that make sense? So again, if you if you change your mindset on work, it changes a lot. All right, so let's talk about some of the issues. We're gonna talk about five different uh, boundaries issues that can happen at work. Okay, and what are some of the solutions? Probably number one that we're going to go over, we probably see it the most, like boundary issue wise. All right, Elaine.
3: Hannah is an administrative assistant that plans training sessions for industry. She's responsible for booking the training sessions. A co worker, Jack, is responsible for the training facilities. He takes the materials to the site, sets up the equipment, and orders the food.
0: Together, Hannah and Jack make the events happen. Does that make sense? So she does like the booking of the area, and then Jack provides like more of the specific small things, and then they make the event happen together. Let's continue.
3: After a few months of really liking her work, Hannah began to lose energy. Eventually, her co-worker, then da, asked her what was wrong. As Hannah started talking, she realized the problem was Jack. Slowly, Jack was shifting his responsibilities to Hannah by asking her to do favors by doing
0: small things. Mmm. So she, you know, Jack would be something, some example, like, oh, like, can you do me a small favor? Okay. Like, can you do this for me? Oh, can you? I totally forgot to get the get the drinks. Can you get the drinks for me? Okay, things like that. But eventually, I mean, there are some times where we do, you know, we should help our co workers. Okay. But like, what is he doing? He's like slowly shifting, shifting his responsibility onto her now. So even though it's his stuff, she's doing her work plus Jack's work. And so she's getting tired. Because there's a lot of work <clears> then. <throat> if you are being saddled with another person's responsibility and feel resentful, and that's a key word here, okay? resentful. Because if you're okay with it, then that's fine, right? Not that it's helping the other coworker at all, because it's probably you're probably causing the coworker to be more uh, lazy and unresponsible more. But hey, but if you feel resentful, if you're like complaining about this person outside of work, or inside of work to other coworkers, like oh that person's so lazy, I have to do his work or her work, or you go to your friends and you're always like you're already gossiping, and it's like oh my coworker always does this, then that's a problem. That's a sign that you're 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 becoming resentful. Uh, you you you, the person who's resentful, need to take responsibility for your feelings, because that's how you feel, and realize that your happiness is not your co-worker's fault, but your own. Okay? And this, as in any other boundary conflict, you must take responsibility for yourself. Okay? So why is it your problem, even though the other person is giving you their work? Because you're saying yes. So it's your problem. You open the gate, and you're like, oh yeah, come in. And you close it, and you have all these, you know, like all this, all these sheeps here. And you're like, what the heck? Yeah. But you, who let it in? You let it in. Okay? So you got to take responsibility for that. Right? So... That's what it's talking about. And that's what boundaries is all about, right? It's all about if you're not happy with something, then you take care of it because it's your responsibility. Let's keep going.
1: Go to your coworker and explain your situation. When he asks you to do something that is not your responsibility, say no and refuse to do what they have asked. If they get angry, be firm about your boundaries and empathize with his anger. Don't get angry. Don't get angry back. To fight is to get hooked into his game Keep your emotional distance And say I'm sorry if this upsets you But that is not my responsibility I wish you the best mm.
0: Okay So I, wh- why, do you, why do you think this is important To not get emotionally like Like get into arguments And like get emotional with him And stuff like that
2: Because he might want to manipulate you Exactly uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly And so right. By setting those boundaries You're letting them know Well, you know what I, I There's not You know I, I can't help
0: you out Yeah Yeah Exactly You gotta, you gotta be responsible, responsible. Exactly not, Exactly guess, yeah. And especially when it gets Like emotional and stuff You lose like rationality And things like that mm-hmm. Yeah Very good Okay, so detach And just say I'm sorry I'm sorry you're sad Oh, I'm sorry it's giving you more work. Oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. But these are my boundaries. Or these are your responsibilities. these This is what you get paid for. Okay? Let's keep going.
2: Do not fall into the trap of justifying why you can't do this for him. You will be slipping into his thinking that you should do his work if you're able to. And... You will try to find a way that you can. You owe one an explanation about why you do will not. Hold, on, hold
0: on. You owe no one an explanation? an explanation.
2: about why you will not do something that is not responsible. Not your. It is not your responsibility.
0: Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. If it's not, but when you once, you, and that's why you don't get emotional with somebody. Don't get in an argument cuz normally when you get in an argument then you start justifying your actions but you don't need to justify your action okay why do i need to do your work i don't need to explain why i don't need to do your work it's your work okay <laughs> so again if it's like if it's unclear whose work it is then you got to talk and communicate right but if it's very clear like this is his work this is my work like i don't need to explain why i'm not going to do his work even if i am not doing anything does that make sense? So let's say, like, I, fin- I I was responsible and I finished everything on time. So I'm, like, free. And he's, like, he has a whole bunch of work because he was, like, lazy and he didn't do it. And he's, like, dude, you have nothing to do. You should help me. You're a bad Christian. Okay, things like that. People, again, they use these kind of things. Okay? Again, we're not saying that helping itself is a bad thing. But if you're enabling people to help, that's not a good thing. Okay. Again, you don't owe an explanation about why you will not do something that is not your responsibility. Okay, you're you're only responsible for your within your boundaries. Okay, let's keep going.
3: Many underresponsible uh-huh. people who work next to an under responsible people bear the consequences for their co Always covering for them. Over responsible people are not enjoying their work or their relationship with these people. Their lack of boundaries is hurting them as well as keeping the other people from growing. If you are an over responsible person, you need to learn to set boundaries.
0: Yeah. That's very, very important. Because if you don't, then they're gonna trample all over your boundaries.
3: Yeah, but what if like uh-huh, okay, uh uh-huh. it's like your manager that sets their work very good
0: very good so we're gonna get to that we're gonna get to uh what happens when boss because it doesn't seem like it's like equal level it seems like it's a higher level then right so we're gonna get there too okay but that's that's a very good question okay let's keep going we'll come back to it
3: Co-worker or to make special concessions to a colleague who uses this concept, those concessions responsibly to get well this is love and good organizations operate lovely.
0: okay again this is very important especially as Christians okay we do have responsibility to help out and things like that we're not saying don't help at all just do your own work and then don't we're not saying that okay but again we need to understand since we're talking about boundaries you have to understand what is your responsibility. What is someone else's responsibility? Okay, And then after that, you do your responsibility. Then, hey, if you want to help other people, choose to help other people. But A lot of times what happens is a lot of Christians, they don't know what their responsibility is. They don't finish their work. But they're just like, okay, I just have to be nice. I just have to be loving. So I'll just help anybody. And they end up like being resentful in the end. They're not choosing to help. They just feel pressured or burdened to help. Okay, so that's very different than choosing to help or feeling guilt into, guilted into helping. All right, to- those are v- totally different things. So we're saying set boundaries well and choose to help. If you don't set boundaries well, you're always going to be, if you, especially if you're like a nice, again, nice person, then you're always going to be pushed to help other people. At the, at the end, you're going to be like, I hate this, I hate that person. I hate my job. Favors and sacrifice are part of the Christian life, but enabling isn't. And so that's very important. And sometimes it's hard. Okay? Because we don't want to we wanna help people. We don't want to enable people. Very different. We don't want to enable their sin, you know, their sinful behaviors. If you know, like their laziness or their irresponsibility. Okay, we want to help them, not harm them more. Learn to tell the difference by seeing if your giving is helping the other person becoming better or worse. Right, because there are sometimes, times. Right, we do need to help them, but there are sometimes you help them, but it just gets worse. So you you know sometimes it, you know you got to get to know a person, and you might get burned, but at least you go okay now I know at least. Uh, the Bible requires responsible action out of the one who is given to. Okay, if you do not see it after a se- season, set limits. Okay, if you feel like you're helping them, but they're not like growing and they're not they're like being codependent on you, then you gotta start setting limits, because you're not helping them now; you're harming them. They go, "Oh, Abel's gonna help me out every time," you know, "I need help." Then oh, I'll just chill, because I know Abel will do it. Okay, so that's actually not. Helping but harming the other person. All right. No.
1: What do mean, degree?
0: <laughs> I once hired a woman for 20 hour a week to run my counseling office. I gave her a pile of things to do. About 10 minutes later, she knocked on at my door, stack of paper in her hand. You have a problem, she told me. I do? What is it? I asked. You hire me for 20 hour a week, and you have given me about 40 hours of work. Which 20 would you like done?
3: Nice. Right?
0: So not with attitude. She was just like, hey. You hire me for 20. You know, you give me 40. So which one? Like, do you want me to do this or do you want me to do this?
1: She was right. I did have a problem. I had not managed my workload very well. I was either going to have to spend more on help, cut back on projects, or hire someone else. But she was right. It was my problem. Not hers. I had to take responsibility for it and fix it. My poor planning on my part does not constitute an emergency on their part.
0: Okay.
2: Many bosses are so lucky. They never forced to look at their lack of boundaries until it's too late, until they have lost a good employee to exhaustion or burnout. Such bosses need clear limits, but many employees are afraid to set them. As Laurie did because they desperately needed a job, or they feared disapproval.
0: Right. So it's like my boss told me to do this, then it's like I just got this job, and what if I get fired, or what if this happens, what if that, right? And that's what uh, Berlin was asking, right? Because there are, it is the difficult situation, especially if there, it's like a higher up, right? Oh, yeah. So there's always this fear of like, oh shoot, what if this happens, what if this happens, okay? And so that's why we don't we tend to. Not set boundaries with the upper ups. Because we have this fear of either like I'm not going to get promotion or I'm going to get in bad relationship with him and things like that. Let's keep going.
3: If you're in a situation in which you're doing lots of extra work because you need the job and because you're afraid of being let go, you have a problem. If you're working more overtime than you want to, you're in bondage to your job you are a slave not an employee under contract clear responsible contracts tell all parties involved what is expected of them and they can be
0: enforced right okay so all jobs they, they tell you what you're re, what you are responsible for okay, okay so
3: what if they what if they put in
0: other duties yeah so yeah so, so th- th- i think those are those are some things yeah so i think those are things uh, it's going to come up in the solution but like um, like talking to them about it. What, what are some of those things? Yeah. And then so making sure you guys are on the same page. Yeah, that's very important. Okay, so again, unless you are their slaves, then yeah, you should do whatever they tell you to do. But again, this is a it's a contract relationship. So it's like they're paying you a certain amount of money because you are doing certain amount. If they want you to do more things, then they should pay you more money. Because you're not a slave. You're a contract worker. So again, if you think of it not as like I'm a slave under them, and so I just need to obey whatever they tell me to do. But instead, hey, like there's a reason why you hired me for certain responsibilities. And that's what I'm responsible for. Okay, so making that very clear. Again, not getting emotional, not fighting with them, but just saying, hey, what what's what is my responsibility? And this is why you hire me. Let's keep going.
3: Here are some suggested steps you may wish to take. One, set boundaries on your work. Decide how much overtime you're willing to do. Some overtime during seasonal crunches may be expected of you. Two, review your job description if one exists. Three, make an appointment with your boss to discuss your job
0: overload. Okay. So, again, very, very important to make sure that this is very clear between you and your boss. Okay whatever you do, remember that your job overload is your responsibility because again, we tend to think no it's this is my boss's problem, but your problem, why? because you're saying yes to them. you could say no, okay, so again, boundaries is all about Not waiting for, oh, that person is giving me too much work. Oh, that person is so needy. That person is so dependent. why I have to wait until that person changes. But instead, it's, what can I do? I have the power to do something. God has given me power to do something about it. That's what boundaries is all about, right? So, own. If your job is driving you crazy, you need to do something about it. Own the problem. Stop being a victim of an abusive situation and start setting some limits. Okay? And then obviously, if you're in a situation where you cannot set limits, then you need to not be in that situation. You need to quit that job then. That's it. I'm quitting. No. I'm out. All right. When we ran a counseling program, personal... Personnel managers often referred employees to our program because of stress at work. When these situations were unraveled, the stress at work often turned out to be a colleague who was driving the stressed out person crazy. So they came to counseling because they're stressed. The reason why they're stressed? Because of their coworkers, And I'm sure all of us can resonate with this to a certain degree. This person in the workplace had a strong influence over the emotional life of the person in pain. He or she did not know how to deal with it. So because of what this person did, you are affected so much by whatever this person would do. And you don't know how to control yourself. Because this person is controlling you, basically. Controlling your emotions and your life. So let's see what happens. In
1: this case, you need to remember the law of power. You only have the power to change yourself. You can't change another person. You must see yourself, not the other person, as the problem.
0: Yeah. And this is the whole like boundaries thing. Don't blame other people. Even if they're it's their fault. Even though they're crazy. Okay. In the end, you can't change them anyways. Okay? Yes, they're crazies, but what what are you gonna like there's nothing you can do to change them unless you kill them, but then that's that's you're really not really changing them either. You're just getting rid of them. Yeah, you're still not changing. There's nothing you can do to change somebody else. So again, the whole point of boundaries is, what are you going to do about it? Not wait for, complain about it. Not wait for them to change. But what are you going to do? Okay, what are you going to do? Okay, so let's see what we need to do.
2: To see another person as the problem to be fixed is to give that person the power over you and your well-being because you cannot change the other person you're out of control the real problem lies in how you are relating the problem relating to the problem person you are the one in pain and only you have the power to fix it
0: yeah. so again if you just say they are the problem then you have you can do absolutely nothing you just all you can do is complain to other people and complain and be sad and be better But rather if you change your attitude and say, okay, I need to do something. I don't like this person, so I need to do something. Then, again, situation, how you relate to that person, how you engage with that person, that's going to change.
3: Many people have found immense relief in the thought that they have no control over another person and that they must focus on changing their reaction to that person. They must refuse to allow that person to affect them. This idea is life-changing, the beginning of true self.
0: Yeah, this is important. Because if I, again, if I just, if they are the problem, then I'm just going to wait until they change that how long is it gonna take five years ten years so I'm just a victim all the time so all I do is complain 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 to other people and vent and be angry and be so I'm always and con- they, they have a control over me I can do absolutely nothing and I just complain 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 all day long and unhappy and so they're controlling my life but if I go no they're like that I'm gonna do something about it there's something I can do Hey, okay, maybe I could limit my interactions with them. Maybe I could talk to them. But I can do something about it. Okay? So, again, if you change your attitude on, like, what is my response going to be? How can I change? And then I think this is another good attitude of, like, um, uh, this character development is, like, Jesus. Like, how can I still, like, love them, even though they're so crazy? Because, you know, like, we always pray for, like, stuff. We pray for, like, patience. We pray for, like, more love. Like, that's... that's, And God's like, okay, you want to learn how to do it? I'm going to put you in this kind of situation. But, like, what we think a lot of time is, like, we just pray for it, and God's going to be like, boom, patience. We're like, oh, I got patience now. Right? But it's it doesn't work like that. A lot of times... Well, sometimes I think it does work like that. But a lot of times it's... Like, God teaches us through the circumstances. Yeah, you know? It shapes us. Yeah, it shapes us. That's what really shapes us. That's what gives us character. If God just gave us... You know, we talked about it in our prayer session, right? If God just gave us whatever we wanted, then, like, we'll never really grow.
2: It's like
0: pruning. Yeah, it's like pruning. Yeah, it really is. Okay? So, again, not all situation. I'm saying God put those bad people in your life. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying all bad people in your life, like co-workers and stuff like that, can be an opportunity for God to like for you to grow. For God to like work on something. Does that make sense? Alright, next one. Expecting too much from work. Genesis? People increasingly come to the workplace wanting the organization
3: to be a family. In a society where the social support structures they once were. people look to their colleagues for the emotional support a family once provided this lack of boundaries between the personal and work life is a fraught with all sorts of difficulties
0: yeah so Belin you you talked about this part right yeah Mm -hmm. so there are people like that because they don't have like any like community outside of work you know it's kind of sad but at the same time like that's not what work is for either though so that's hard the workplace, ideally, should be supportive and safe and nurturing. However, this atmosphere should primarily support the employees in work-related ways to help her to learn, improve, and get her work done. Okay? The problem arises, however, when someone wants the job to provide what her parents did not provide for her. Primary nurturing, relationship, self-esteem, and approval. Work is not set up this way. Nor is it what the typical job asks of someone. The job expects adult functioning and the person wants childhood needs met. This differing expectation will inevitably collide. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah? right. They don't, they don't, the job, they're not hiring a worker so that they can like baby you or, you Take know, like, shows. yeah, like hire, you know, like counsel you and develop you. Hey, it's hey. You're working. You're providing certain service for me, and we're providing certain service for you. And so there's this, right? But again, because we live in a post-Christian world, where like church, family, everything, like a lot of these things have broken down. You know, a lot of people are trying to look for that somewhere, and they spend a lot of time at work, and so they expect that, but they're expecting too much from work. Yes.
1: Uh, you need to make sure you are meeting your needs for support and emotional repair outside of work. Plug into supportive and healing networks that will help you to grow out of your emotional hurts and unmet needs and build you up so you can function well at the job. In the adult world that has adult expectations, get your relationship needs met outside of work and you'll be able to work the best without getting your needs mixed up with what the company needs from you. Mm,
0: Very nice. Another thing I think that's important is sometimes... um we over-idolize work. What I mean by that is, like, I think most of us grew up in, like, the... Like, no, like, Disney-saturated world. Which is, like, do what you love, and you'll be, like, fulfilled. Kind of a thing. And um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that in that sense. Like, you should do what you love. that I'm not saying that's not true. And yet, there is this, like, sense of, like, Like, work is something that is very, very important because God gave that to us even before sin entered into the world. But when sin entered into the world, like, work actually became, like, literally labor as well. Like, before Adam and Eve, like, they didn't have to, like, work really hard for food. Like, food was provided. So their job was, like, just, like, creating and being artistry and, like, developing. But now it's, like, they gotta like work for food and sweat for food now. And so there is this element where like we need work and yet at the same time like work drains us too. Does that make sense? But I think it's easy to sometimes like over fantasize about work and be go, oh, if I just find my perfect job, then everything's gonna be okay and everything's gonna be la la land. Okay, so. Eventually
2: it just becomes work. Yeah.
0: Not, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm trying to say we need to have realistic view of work. Like because in a sinful world, working with other sinners, like it's there's always difficulty in work. Just because you find something that you love, I'm not saying don't find something that you don't love. And just like I'm not saying like work sucks no matter what you do, so just work. I'm not saying that. But like we need to have a biblical expectation of work. Work can give us power, and yet work could be very draining as things. And so it's kind of like that tension is always going to be there. So there's going to be some days where you love work and there's going to be some days where you absolutely hate work. Right? And there, that's that's kind of a... Okay? And so we just have to live with that balance. All right. Where we don't over-love our job or over-hate our job either. So we have this God-balanced or, or feel of work. Does that make sense?
3: why your boss is able to control the rest of your Find out why your successes or failures on the job are able to bring you up or down. These important character issues need to be worked through.
0: Mm. Okay, so again, right, there's some emotional situation at work that could happen. Okay, that's that's fine. That's part of like life. It happens sometimes, you know. But again, there's boundaries, right? If you bring that home, then that could cause issues for your family as well. The second component is finite things such as time, energy, and other resources. Make sure that the job, which is literally never done, does not continue to spill over into your personal life and cause your cause you relationships and other things that matter. So this one is talking about how like you bring you tend to overwork, not because your boss necessarily gave it to you. That's the first part that we talked about. This is like you choose to do it. You just love work and you just work, 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 but you don't realize that that's costing your relationship with other people. Okay, so that's where, again, you could take work home emotionally or you could take work home, like literally you take work home. And especially with like internet and like computer, like literally we can take work and we could work everywhere and anywhere now, you know, you know, like literally. And so it it's sometimes it can be a good thing, but a lot of times it's actually a bad thing. Yeah, That's going to be one of our um coming up. We're going to do... Uh, Boundaries with digital like our digital life like how we like we have a lot of boundary issues with that, too So we'll talk about that as well. All right last one
1: Put limits on special projects that are going to take more time than usual and make sure overtime does not become a pattern One company we know has such a high value for family that they dock people for working overtime They want them to put limits on their work and be home with the family Find out your own, find out your own limits and live by them. These are good boundaries.
0: Right So, it's basically most companies are not going to do this, okay? Majority of companies are going to say, You want to work more? Great. You want to take work home? Great. Okay? You're working more for us? Great. Because we're paying you this much and you're willing to work this much? Thank you very much. Okay?